and sisters. Hallelujah. sanctuary pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving hallelujah can you just raise your hands and say god i want to be ready to do whatever you want me to do god whatever my calling might be whatever you will for my life might be god i don't want to be ready for it i want to be pure and holy in your sight when you see me i want you to say he's doing a good job i'm proud of him And true and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you yes God I want to be ready prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy can somebody just reach out to God Hallelujah, there's no better time than now to praise God and to worship God. Say, God, I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, think about what he's done for you. you. Prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. There's just something about Jesus. Hallelujah. He prepares you. He edifies you. He creates in you a spirit. Hallelujah. That Thank you, Jesus. Yes, do what you will, God. Prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I'll be a living God. I'll do whatever it takes to live for you. Hallelujah to be a sanctuary of your spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, God, I say yes to your will and to your way. I say yes to your Holy Ghost. I say yes to your edification. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I say yes to your anointing. I say yes to you, Jesus. I will, I will, I will, I will. I'll be a living sanctuary. Worship the King. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pure and holy. Tried and true. And with thanksgiving. I'll still be a living sanctuary for you. Yes, yes, yes with thanksgiving God I never want to forget to thank you for what you've done for me I'll be a sanctuary for you Jesus hallelujah how about you just raise your hands and thank you for just a moment thank you Jesus for saving me from my old life 
Thank you for helping me and blessing me. Thank you, Jesus, for putting my feet on the rock to stay. Thank you, dear God, for delivering me from addiction. Thank you for delivering me from my past. Thank you, dear God, for preparing in me a spirit. For be a sanctuary. Hallelujah. Hey, man, that's just something about the name of Jesus. We're going to sing about the name of Jesus in just a second. But I, I, I can remember so much uh, uh, as uh, my childhood growing up, how the name of Jesus has had power. And I can remember, and, and my mom, we had, a, we had a playhouse when we lived in Paul's Valley. And uh, my dad built it, and it was off the ground. It, was, uh, it had a little uh, stage that came out and connected to two trees. Well, my mom was climbing up the stairs, and she fell off and broke her hip. I mean, it was bad. She couldn't, even, she couldn't walk. Well, we helped her into the house, into the house, and she sat down. And so we began to pray over her, and she said, "We were little. I mean, we were little. We were probably, I was probably six at my t- at the time, and uh, so we were little." And my mom said, "Pray for me, in the name of Jesus." I had the Holy Ghost, but I and so I laid hands on her and I said, "In the name of Jesus, touch my mom." That's all I knew to say. But as a child, I had faith. I knew Jesus was awesome. He had, he had given me the Holy Ghost. And I knew he could heal my mom. I said, in the name of Jesus, touch my mom. And with childlike faith, I didn't think about it anymore. I said, my mom's healed. And I went on and played outside. Well, my mom, she went and, and she tried to get into the shower. And she couldn't put her leg over top of the, of, of, of the bathtub rim. She knew she had broken her hip. Well, she went to bed. And then she's like, well... She woke up and she was feeling better. I got to go to the doctor. So she went to the doctor and she, when she got there, the doctor looked at the x-ray and said, uh, have you ever broken your hip? He said, not to my knowledge. He said, there's a crack right here where it looks like it's been healed. But you have broke. It shows that you've broken your hip sometime, but it's not broken now. God healed my mom. It was the name of Jesus that did it. There's power in the name of Jesus. You can have anything you want in this world. You can have your weapons. You can have all of these things you think are going to protect you. You can have your own will say, well, I'll do this. Let me tell you something. If you wield Jesus, if you wield Jesus, all you have to do is say, I may not have a weapon. I may not have the things of this world, but I have Jesus. And I say in the name of Jesus, things happen. Hallelujah. There's just something about the name of Jesus. Jesus, there's just something about that name. Savior, oh, you saved me, Jesus. Jesus, the fragrance. After the rain, so sweet you are, Jesus. Can you just think about what the name of Jesus has done for you? He raised me from the dead, He's healed my body. He's touched my mind. He's delivered me from addiction. He's brought me out of an old life. The name of Jesus has done so much for me. and kingdoms shall all pass away but there's something about can you just sing it with all of your heart Jesus 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 
there's just something about that name. Master, oh, Yes, Jesus, the fragrance. Oh, yes, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, all of this world shall pass away. Away, but I know one thing that will never pass away. About that name, you can always rely on that name. Hallelujah! Just thank Him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus, for Your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, I can feel I can feel the spirit moving in a special way. God wants to touch your heart. He wants to He wants you to feel a deep, a deep touch of the Holy Ghost this morning. Just open your heart to it and say, God, I, I want that. The name of Jesus is stronger. The name of Jesus is higher of all things. Name of Jesus is bigger. The name of Jesus has power. Yes, it does. The name of Jesus has power. The name of Jesus is higher above all things. When you're in your struggle, you just say the name of Jesus. You just say Jesus. You just say Jesus. You just say Jesus. Because when you say Jesus, uh, he reaches down and grabs your hand and says, I'm right here for you. Oh, there's just something about your name, Jesus. The name of Jesus brings healing. The name of Jesus brings healing. The name of Jesus brings freedom. Name of Jesus brings freedom. Name of Jesus is higher above all things. Name of Jesus is victory. The name of Jesus has saved me. When you've gone down on the water in the name of Jesus, all of that sin is underneath the blood. And all of a sudden, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, saved from the sting of death. Woo! Something about the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Something about the name. 
Jesus, 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 Yes, it is. Healer, one who takes all pain. Savior, risen from the grave. Your name, your name. Jesus, and your Lord over all. You have all power. You have all majesty. You are worthy. Yes, Jesus. Above every name, above every name. One who takes all pain. Yes, yes, yes. He's risen from the grave. Yes, yes, yes. There's just something about the name of Jesus. 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 No other name, no other name like Jesus, 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 no other name, no other name, Jesus, Jesus, no other name, no other name like Jesus. Jesus, yes, 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 if you want the Holy Ghost, all you have to do is call upon that name, you just begin to say, Jesus, I want the Holy Ghost, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, you say it over and over again, because he can't hear it enough, Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. No other name, no other name like Jesus. Name above all names. Healer, one who takes all pain. From the grave, name is Jesus, Lord over all. How about you just praise God for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. I give you glory, God. You're everything. You're everything to me, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. Amen. We're going to give unto the Lord, give an offering unto God. He is worthy to receive all that we can give him. Malachi 3 and verse number 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, to prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. I will not, I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing that there shall be no room enough to receive it. There's something about it. When you begin to give unto the Lord out of what God has given you, Everything you have is a blessing from God. But the Bible says that we are to give unto the Lord. We are to give unto the tithes and offerings. But what's cool about it is that he promises us blessings. And it says, I will pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I don't know about you, but if there's a blessing so much that I can't even receive it, then I am very blessed. 
And it's all promised to me if I give unto the Lord in tithes and offerings. So give unto the Lord out of your heart as we sing. Thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, oh Lord, I give you thanks. Thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, oh Lord, I give you thanks. Nothing like the faithful Hallelujah, let's do that right now. Hallelujah, uplifted hands. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your love today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Brother Jonathan Akers is coming this morning. What do we want him to do? Come preach the word, Brother Jonathan. Amen. Bring unto us the words of eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. If you allow me to take my liberty this morning, I am just going to, I'm just going to preach. Hey man, God has given me a message and I can honestly say I have never heard this preach this way. And uh, honestly, I saw, I did not see this coming. Honestly, I'm going to tell you this. I prayed about a message and I, you may be seated. I'll, I'll be a few minutes, but I prayed about a message and I prayed and I prayed and it's been the last couple of days I've been praying for a message and nothing. God didn't give me a single thing. I was like, God, I, I got to preach Sunday. I'd like something to preach. And uh, so last night I was praying. I said, God, give me the scripture. Give me, give me, give me something that I, that, I can, that I can study and I can get ready. Because there's something about it. When you're going to do the work of God, you want to be prepared. Amen. You want to study to show thyself approved. You want to be ready to do what God wants you to do. So I was kind of worried this morning when I had nothing to preach. So I got out here, this, I got here early this morning and was praying. And uh, so I said, God, I need something. And he, and he told me to go to uh, Mark chapter 16, verse number 1. That's going to be our text. Mark chapter 16, verse number 1. And I said, okay. And I went here and I began to read through here. And I was like, how in the world am I going to preach off of these couple of scriptures here? And uh, so I prayed about it. And I was like, God, okay, I, your, 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 your word is true. And, and I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to preach it to the best of my ability. But God... I, I, I need you to, to come through and help me out a little bit here, God. I need to know exactly how you want me to preach this. Show me the, the essence of what you want me to preach here. And so I, I began, I, I just began to say, God, I need your help. And so I picked it up and I read the first scripture. And all of a sudden, I began to preach to myself. God just allowed it to come. And so he showed me the outline of what I'm going to preach here. Thank God, because otherwise I wouldn't have anything to preach this morning. But God is good. My title this morning is Your Hope is in the Stone. Your Hope is in the Stone. Amen. If you'll stand for me the reading of the word, I, I have a little bit to go before I actually get into the meat of the word. But um, if you have your Bibles, um, Mark chapter 16, verse number 1, and I'm going to read the first passage of, first verse of Scripture, then we're going to pray. Verse number 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome have brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. That they might come and anoint him. 
Amen. If you'll pray with me, that God will anoint me and touch me to preach the word of God with all of my heart. Mighty God, I love you. I praise you. I worship you, God. I want to be anointed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Mighty God, to preach for the edifying of the body of Christ. Dear God, to give forth the word of God that you have given me, dear God. Open every ear to hear, to hear what the Spirit would say and to the church. To be edified, to be built up, to receive the word of God. Hallelujah. To receive it the way that you have it, dear God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Before I get into the, the actual meat of the word, God, I, I was listening to a message this morning by Brother Booker. And it was a great message. It was talking about laying down the sword. But he, he brought forth a story. And I heard it. And I was like, that's good. That's good. That's awesome. I like that. But this morning, I was, I was, as I said, I was studying. And before God even gave me my, my, my scripture, he said, I want you to tell that story. So I'm going to do it this morning. Now, I want you to understand something real quick here. All right? This is something that God has laid upon my heart, and this is something you're going to have to pray about. All right? And this is something that is very important, but it is to be received as it is meant by God. Okay. So there was a lady that was coming to Brother Booker's church, and she came one time. And she came and she watched as the people in his church got up here, raised their hands, jumped up and down, shouted down the glory of God. And they were praising and worshiping God. They had an awesome service. And so Brother Booker, he, he was there and he's like, wow, what an awesome service. Thank you, Jesus. And so she came up to him after church and, and she said, I will never do what those people did. And I will never be back to your church. I will never do that. That is crazy. And I'm not coming back ever. And so Brother Booker said to, you, t- said to her, well, uh, I can't wait until God brings you running back into the house of God. God bless you, sister. And uh, so uh, she left, and God worked on her heart, and she came back in. And the very next service, she came up here, received the Holy Ghost, and she was doing exactly what they did and a whole lot more. She said, I never raised my hands. She began to raise her hands. She said, I never danced like that. She danced on the glory like you never did see before. She was worshiping God with all of her heart. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, there was something about it. She had, she came up and, and she, she's like, I'm never, never give up my will enough. Do you hear me? My will enough to allow God to do that in me. So she came to the house of God and she prayed and she, and, and she sought God and she finally gave up her will enough to receive the Holy Ghost. God had to work on her. Trust me. God had to work on her. But he got her in there and she gave up her will enough. She said, well, hey. I'm just going to have to set down everything that I'm trying to do here and God and let you do it because I'm not making any progress here. But she still hadn't learned her lesson to the entirety yet. And so she came up to Brother Booker and she said, I, 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 want, to, I want to sing with, with the praise singers on, on, on the, on the uh, platform. And uh, he said, okay. Well, you're going to have to first get a hold of holiness. And she's like, holiness? I said, yes, it's something that God is, has put in the word of God, and you're going to have to get a hold of it. That means you're going to have to start dressing holy. That means you're going to have to start looking like a child of God. Amen. So she says, oh, well, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, you can sing, but you're going to have to put a dress on before you come onto the platform. And she said, you mean to tell me I can't wear my slacks and come up there and sing? He said, sister? I'm sorry, but the Bible talks about having uh, how that this is to be a holy house. And if you want to sing on the platform, you're going to have to wear a dress. He said, but if, but if we have an event and you want to help decorate, we'd be more than happy to have you help decorate or whatever it is you want to do. And she said, I am never going to wear a dress. I like my slacks and I'm not going to take them off. Well, let's just say she didn't learn a lesson the first time. 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. That young lady is the lead praise singer, the lead praise worshiper. She gets out there and she leads and everybody in that church says that is one awesome young lady right there. She worships God with all of her heart. She's an awesome lady of the church. She is strong. She's a prayer warrior. She worships God with everything she can. But she had to first say, God, I'm going to put me away and do everything that is you. Hallelujah. If you want to get a hold of God and you want to live for God, you have to throw down you and pick up God. Hallelujah. The essence of his message and the the scripture that he used is, again, another odd scripture. When Peter came forth and he drew his sword and cut off the soldier's ear, and Jesus said, he said, put that away. Those that live by the sword die by the sword. Okay? But notice Jesus didn't say that, hey, you're not supposed to use that sword. You're not supposed to carry that sword. He said, those that live by it die by it. You see, Peter was so used to wielding his own sword that he got into the habit of, it's, all, it, it's me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then while he was carrying his sword and while he relied on his own strength, on his own weapon, he wasn't, he wasn't doing much. So they, they took Jesus away and he followed them. And how did God fix the problem? I'll tell you how he fixed the problem. He went there and, and Peter was watching as, the, as uh, Caiaphas was talking to Jesus. And he was sitting there watching around these people. And these people were talking about how, oh, this, this Jesus, Caiaphas is really tearing him up in there. I mean, I'll tell you, this, this guy this guy's going to be beaten. And uh, so this, this, guy, this, guy, this guy's a hypocrite. This guy is no good. He's dirt. Well, the Bible says that Peter's voice betrayed him. He couldn't sit there and let them talk about his master that way, his Jesus. So he spoke up and they said, hey, are you a Galilean? Because you had that Galilean twang. I can hear it. He's like, no, I'm not one of them. And so he's listening to their conversation. Another one says, hey, I'm pretty sure you were with him because I I saw Jesus a while ago and I'm pretty sure I saw you with him. No, I wasn't with him. So another one pops up and says, you were with him. You were with him. And he and, and, and again, I'm, and he was a fisherman. So being a fisherman, he knew some of the expletives and all of their right meanings. And so he got up and he said, hey. And he began to use some of those expletives. And he said, hey, you know what? I'm not with him. I've never been with him. And you just shut up. And all of a sudden, he looks over and Jesus is being let out. And they make eye contact. And he sees Jesus. And all of a sudden, he said, hey, uh-oh. Then the cock crows. And they both hear it in that eye contact. He said, what I just did to my Jesus because I was so worried about my own sword so he left so he left and cried bitterly with tears and you know what he did he didn't just pull out his sword and throw it down he said I'm gonna throw it down I'm gonna bury it because when the time comes and when I'm having a hard time I don't want to come back and pick this back up I don't want to come back and pick up my sword and rely on my own will again So I'm going to bury it so that when I have a situation, when I need something, instead of getting drawing my sword out, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm wielding Jesus in Jesus name in Jesus name. And so when she said, I'm I'm never going to wear, I'm going to never wear a dress. He said, and he, and he brought this out of left field. He said, have you ever played with Barbies? What? Have you ever played with Barbies? She said, yes, I, I love Bobby's when I was a kid. You know, I, I play with them all the time. You know, I used to get my little, my little Barbie, my little Ken, and they go to the prom, and, and they would get married. And it's like, yeah, so you really like your Barbies, huh? It's like, yeah, yeah. 
It's like, do you still play with him? He's like, no, I don't play with him. Why not? At that time, you loved him. They meant everything to you, right? You couldn't think of anything in the world that was more precious to you than your Barbies, right? She said, yeah. He said, what happened? She said, uh, I outgrew them. He said, right. And when you're living for Jesus, you outgrow that sword. You outgrow those things. You outgrow those, you outgrow those things. And you say, hey, you may start out and you say, I can't see how I can, how I can stop doing the things that are in the world. But when you start living for Jesus, you begin to outgrow the things of the world. You begin to say, hey, I'll take it a couple of steps toward Jesus and the things of my past are getting further and further and further behind. You know why the analogy is a new babe when you're entering the church? Because you've got to grow out of some things. You've got to, you got to outgrow some of those things that are not holy before God. You've got to outgrow some of those things. I can't see how I can put away this. I can't see. Oh, shatalarabaha. And I may get myself in trouble, but God bless it. A lot of people, and I've seen it. One of the things that is really hard is, how can I, I, I can't outgrow my makeup. God made you beautiful just the way you are. And you know what happens when, when, you, put that, when you put that stuff on? It's a kick in God's face and saying, you didn't make me pretty enough. You didn't make me pretty enough by myself. I've got, I've, I've got, to, I've got to fix it up to make it pretty enough. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Anyway, I, I got a little off subject there, but praise God anyway. Amen. So, Mark 16, verse number 1, I'm going to read it again. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome have brought sweet spices that they might come to anoint him. Okay, I'm going to use this as an analogy uh, uh, of a saint's relationship with church, okay? So just keep that in mind, and I'm going to go with it. So here comes, here comes these ladies, and, and, and so they're coming, they're coming to the house of God to give some anointing of praise. They're coming to give some worship unto God. They're coming to try to get a hold of God. They want to have a meeting with Jesus. They were going to the last place they knew he was, the grave. The last place they knew that they had, had seen him go. The last place they knew they had met Jesus. Touched Jesus. So they were going there to, to anoint him. To get a hold. To bless Jesus. I'm going to bless Jesus to get a hold. I just want to touch him one more time. But what happened? What happened when they were on their way? All of a sudden the devil snuck up. All of a sudden he began to bring some things up that weren't supposed to be brung up. He said, and very, very, uh, and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came to the sepulcher at the sun rising. I'll stop a little bit here. And I'm going to continue. They didn't wait to touch Jesus in the afternoon. They didn't wait until the nighttime to touch Jesus. They said, I'm not going to let the things of my day get in the way. I'm going to touch Jesus as soon as possible. As soon as the sun comes up, as soon as I can see enough to walk to where I last met Jesus, I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. If you don't put your prayer life into the right place, and if you don't make up your mind, I'm going to pray as soon as I wake up, then guess what? The cares of this life are going to mess you up, honey. And you're never going to find that place where you're going to meet Jesus. So they went out early. And when they looked, whoops, I skipped a little bit. Verse number three. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher. So they come into the house of, they're, they're coming to the house of God and that weight of sin 
looks so big, looks so heavy. How can I touch Jesus with this huge stone in the way? It's covering up my only walkway to Jesus. How can I get through this road when there's a huge stone right in the middle of it? How can I touch Jesus with myself in the way? How can I touch Jesus when the only thing I can see is my sin staring back at me? The only thing I can see is my problems and how that I am falling and how that I'm not able to make it. How can I make it? So they go to the house of God and they begin to call upon that name. I'm preaching to you, Jesus. This is a very simple message. I'm preaching to you, Jesus. They came and began to call upon Jesus. They began to say, Jesus, this stone is in between me and you, God. But I want to touch you so bad. I want the Holy Ghost so bad. God, would you remove that stone? Would you remove my sword from my hip and let you be the master of my life? And what happened? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. When they looked and saw the greatness of their sin, they said, God, how in the world can I get past this? But when they sit there and said, Jesus, they looked up, and all of a sudden that great sin had been walked away, had been rolled away. And they said, Jesus... They said, Jesus, uh, I can feel you. I can see your hand. It's reaching down for me. Oh, God, don't stop now. I want all of it. I want to feel your hand. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. They got into the house of God. They were feeling a little bit of touch of God. But when they walked in and they repented and they raised their hands, all of a sudden they remembered that stone outside and they said, oh no, it's about to close. I am going to be put set apart from the things that... That sword is so precious to you. Your control... It's so precious. So when you come into the house of God and you repent and you begin to raise your hands, you get afraid because you look back and see all of the stuff you're leaving behind. And you say, I'm not willing to do that. But if you're not willing to leave that stuff behind, you'll never be able to touch Jesus. And he said unto them, be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. All of a sudden, you say, it's time. It's time that I put that sin behind me once and for all. Death is equated to sin in the Bible. And so they come and they saw sin. Death had no power over my Jesus. And then they say, hey. Here's the answer. Right here's the answer. Because when I go down, all of a sudden, I am dead. And I rise back up. And all of a sudden, you know what? That stone is no longer in sight. It's no longer in existence. Because you know what God does? He picks up that stone and says, guess what, stone? You're going out of here. And it goes so far, it's no longer in existence in your life. Hallelujah. 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 
1 Corinthians 15. Verse number 55. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know how it happened? It happened through Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only way that you're going to be able to have the relationship with Jesus that you want is if you realize you're going to have to put your sword down and say, I'm wielding Jesus. I'm going to have to get to the place where that I'm going to not worry about the stone outside. If I'm shut off from my sin, I'm willing to do that for you, Jesus. If I'm shut off from, from the things that I think are so important, because you know what, Peter, uh, and I'm using a little imagination here. Peter, you know, when Jesus was talking to him at night, he would, he would pull out his sword and he would, we got to polish it. Because it was an emblem of his power. That's what we do. We, 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 we begin to, we, when we go into our daily life, we begin to, to do what we want to do. We please ourselves. We begin to go to our entertainment venues. We are polishing our sword. Jesus is trying to tell you something. He's saying, Peter. I'm going to do a great thing in the world. And I want to let my spirit to be flowing all over the place. And he's like, oh, that's great, Jesus. Sitting there polishing the sword. But after Jesus died and he threw down his sword, he realized, when I wield Jesus, things begin to happen. When the day of Pentecost came and he stood up to preach that message, he said, Jesus, I've buried my sword and now I have my opportunity to wield Jesus. And what does it say he did? He preached Jesus unto them. And on the day of Pentecost is where he received the gift of salvation. And I'm closing. You've got to put yourself away. You're not going to make it unless you do. Something that I was praying about today and this morning and tears are streaming down my face. God, something that God has pressed upon me so deeply is that and he hasn't let it leave me. Prayer is so essential. It's so vitally important. I want to explain something to you that was so profound to me this morning that I was, I just sat there and couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop praying. I couldn't stop interceding. Get a hold of prayer. Because once you have reached that salvation process, that's the first step. Your second step is you begin to receive the calling of God. And your first, very first and most important calling is to be a prayer warrior. Get on your knees. Pray consistently. Hey, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Pray consistently. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for the lost of this world. Get on your knees and begin to cry out to God. Do you know what intercession does? The great thing about intercession is that you have people in the world that are not willing to live for God. They're not willing to, to talk to God on their own. And God has given every man free will. This is the revelation God gave to me that was so profound. God has given every man free will. And if they do not seek after God, God ain't going to go anywhere near them. But what intercession does is you are pleading for God for them. So that person that says, I, I, I'm not going to pray. I don't want God. I don't want to seek after God. And you begin to pray and intercede for them. All of a sudden, God says, 
okay, I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to touch you whether you like it or not because there's a brother over here that has cried with many tears for you. I don't know about anybody else, but when I, oh God, when I thought about that, it was something that tore my heart apart. I said, I can have a difference. I can have a difference on my city. I can have a difference on my world. Because if I get on my knees and begin to cry out to God, oh, mighty God, save my love city. Save my brothers and sisters. You are going to cry out for them. And when they're in, when they're too much battle, when they're in too much pain, when they're in too much turmoil to pray for themselves, God says, I'm going to do it anyway because you have a brother over here that's interceding for you. If you want revival, if you want to see God work like you say you do, get a hold of prayer. Get home. Fall on your face before God and say, God, I may not know how to intercede. I may not be adequate at prayer, but God, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pray all my guts out for my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm fixing to the open these altars up. It's up to you. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't a service that it's going to be one of those things that God wants to give you the Holy Ghost. You come up here, you seek it, God will give it to you. You have to throw your sword down first. But this is going to be a service that God is trying to build the saints of God. He's trying to plant you and root you. He's trying to get the church planted and grounded in this city. Because revival comes from prayer. Guess what? Revival doesn't come from, from worship. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't come from just uh, outreach alone. The only thing that brings prayer, only thing that brings revival is prayer. The only thing that makes a difference at a spiritual level so much that you couldn't imagine is prayer. So these altars are open. You come up, you seek, you come after it. God is going to touch you. He's going to help you. Ask him to teach you to pray. Ask him for, for your calling. Ask him, God, what do you want me to do for the kingdom of God? And then you pray, you seek, you prepare for what God has for you. These altars are open. Well, I told all my troubles goodbye. Goodbye to each tear and each sigh. This world where I roam cannot be my home. I'm bound for a land in the sky. I walk and I talk with my Lord. I feast every day on his word Heaven is near and I can't stay here Goodbye world, goodbye Now don't you weep for me when I'm gone Cause I won't have to leave here alone When I hear that last trumpet sound My feet, they won't stay on the ground I'm gonna rise with a shout and gonna fly Gonna rise with my Lord to the sky Heaven is near and I can't stay here Goodbye, world, goodbye When I step across to that shore I'll never find For I'm left behind All my heartaches and tears evermore 
a day, maybe two, then goodbye. Tomorrow I'll rise up and fly. Heaven is near and I can't stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Now don't you weep for me when I'm gone. Cause I won't have to leave here alone. When I hear that last trumpet sound, my feet, they won't stay on the ground. I'm gonna rise with a shout, I'm gonna fly. Gonna rise with my Lord to the sky. Heaven is near and I can't stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. I say goodbye, world, goodbye. created Adam He made him from dirt Crowned him with glory Set him over his words It was a little bit of nothing Not much at all But God can take nothing And make a miracle Just a little bit of nothing That's all you need 